This episode is brought to you by the Witty and Gritty 5-Minute Mini Journal. It's centered around Ephesians 6, 10-18, known as the Armor of God. Once you download this freebie, over the next 7 days, take a few minutes each day and dive into what the Armor of God is and why it's important to Christians in their daily walk. You can find this at wittyandgritty.blog. We'll link it in the show notes. Hey, bestie. What's up, girl? Hey, does anyone ever ask you, like, oh, I heard you do a podcast. What's that witty and gritty podcast all about? Yeah, okay, so I usually spit out this robotic sentence that's, we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful and fulfilling lives. So that's usually what I say, but I'm also monotone. Y'all know this. And so it's just like, so Farron, what does that mean? Yes. Well, my response is not as fancy, even (laughs) though I've heard you say that lots of times I should know by now, but essentially I explain that we help people grow in their Christian lives and through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. So we're book study experts and we know how to analyze, pull apart and take that through the Christian lens and that's kind of what we do here. And so then sometimes people are like, yeah, you're self-help books and they might be mainstream, but we are always sure to bring it back to God and the biblical view. Right. So whether you see a secular book or something that a Christian author has written, just know that when you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's your little bonus if you stick around through the series, which yeah. I hope you will. Yay! Here we go! This is episode 161 of the Witty and Gritty podcast. Welcome. <laughs> so we are in the middle-ish of our How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. I feel like I haven't said that in a long time. It's a mouthful. It is. <laughs> so we covered parts one and part two, and we are... Already on part three. Last week was the first part of part three. Part one of part three. That was part two of part three. Covering chapters three and four. I feel like I need a review on fractions. Right. (laughs) So part three is all about how to merit and maintain others' trust. So how are we going to get people to trust us? And then how do we keep that trust? Yes, of course you want to be trustworthy. We don't want to trick anyone into trusting us. Yes, you can't really do that. (laughs) But if you in fact know you're trustworthy and feel like, why don't people... Trust my trustworthiness. <laughs> then these chapters may be for you. So we're going to start with chapter three, which is admit faults quickly and emphatically. And then we'll talk about chapter four in just a minute. Begin in a friendly way. Look at that. So tips for you guys. Fun times. Okay, so I wrote in the margins before even getting started on this. Just the first section is about admitting your faults. So that can fall under the category of apologizing and we just came off our love language mini series, which is episodes 141 through 150. But those guys, so Gary Chapman and friends, they also made a five apologies language. So supposedly there's five different ways to apologize. Yeah. And I took this quiz and we'll link it. And Morgan took it too. And it was interesting how different our answers were and how different apologies are for different times or for different people. So. Hit me with one. What's one? Um, Okay. Oh, I have them written down. Look at that. Expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting, and requesting forgiveness. So some people, I, I don't care if you give me an apology or not, just fix it. Just stop doing whatever it is. Or some people just need you to, or they want you to ask for forgiveness and then go through the process of forgiving you. Anyway, it breaks it down in the quiz, so... I thought that was interesting. 
I think that is a great thing for couples because they're like, I apologize. And it's like, but it doesn't feel like it. I'm sorry. Which kind of goes back to the chapter title. Um, Not only apologizing, but emphatically. So I think some people's first step is apologizing when it's necessary. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, when you tell your kids to say sorry and they go, sorry. (laughs) And you're like, well, maybe not like that. Right. You gotta mean it. Well, and with Enneagram, eights too, sometimes they, it, they have to feel like it is worth a, an apology, but you also have to teach just because it, you don't feel bad about doing or saying whatever you did that hurt other people. Yeah. Or even just accidental things, like when one of my kids bumps another kid or accidentally hurts their sibling. Like, okay, I, I know you didn't mean to, I'm not saying that you meant to, but we if we bump someone, we still need to say that we're sorry. Yeah. We're working on that a lot in our household too. It's the polite thing to say. Right. Like saying thank you or bless you. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's just the polite thing to say. I wonder if that's a southern hospitality thing also. I don't know, just a cultural norm around here. Well, I try to also draw their attention to they don't know that you didn't do it on purpose. Right. So when you were running past and knocked your sister in the head, her initial thought is, she hit me. Right. But if you go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that, then they're like, well, that does hurt, but my feelings aren't hurt as well because I know she didn't do that on purpose. I guess it's expressing your intentions. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Intentions with versus what actually happened versus how everyone's feeling in it. All that comes into play. But the point is, make sure you're on top of the apology instead of just waiting because then stuff festers. And that makes me think of, remember on the Daily Audio Bible when you read through Leviticus and Numbers and they talk about if your shirt's moldy, here are the million steps you got to do. And then it's all because they don't want the mold to grow, right? So you have to take care of it as soon as you notice it. That way it doesn't grow and fester and get more than one person sick. Yeah, and even we're, it's the spring when we're recording this, so we're doing a lot of gardening, and I found myself yesterday telling the girls, you know, I was like, I gotta pull weeds, and they're like, they're not even, there's not that many, and I was like, well, you gotta pull them when they're little, otherwise, when they grow, they're harder to get out, Mm -hmm. and two, if you stay on top of it, it keeps from other weeds from growing, and I was like, huh, like lessons (laughs) from Farron's Garden, yes. Oh, that man. could be a daytime special. Yes, I was about to say. <laughs> Not necessarily like an after-hours episode, but it could just be... Yeah, gardening, gardening with, with parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a Mr. Rogers. Welcome, everyone. Today we're going to talk about gardening. Exactly. And Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like how in this chapter there were a ton of sports examples. We're sporty people. Sporty Spice. Were you Sporty Spice when oh, you were yeah. friends? Yeah. Oh, Same. yeah. <laughs> I could do a round off. I could do a cartwheel like she does in the movie. Oh, I rock those fake friends. tattoos. <laughs> Hashtag, if you know, you know. Right. All those, all my friends from middle school, if you're listening, <laughs> were like, that girl loves some fake tattoos. The barbed wire around oh, your bicep. Heck yeah. funny. Do you remember when the hand of God goal happened? So that's one of the examples they used in this book about Maradona. He, instead of Heading the ball in, he reached his hand up oh, yeah, and yeah, punched yeah. it in. But this is before like all the technology, so no one... I mean, the ref didn't catch it, the linesman didn't catch it, and it was just he said, she said at this point, but then now looking back through film, you're like, oh my gosh, he punched the ball in and they won, what? So now the tech's better, but it 
there's another example in here. The guy, remember you don't talk about a no-hitter, and he was about to have a no-hitter, and it was a guy who didn't really, he was like a no-name kind of guy. And the last pitch, he, he got, it was an out. It was clearly an out, but the, uh, I almost said the ref, the umpire called it safe, and the team went, the other team went on to win the game. And so the umpire, he ran and into and watched film after the game, and he realized, oh my gosh, I just took this no-hitter away from this person who's probably, <laughs> I mean, the odds of getting a no-hitter in a professional game, slim. But then for a guy who is this is the underdog, so he went and apologized to him immediately, and it like he called him out of the, out of his, what do you call him, locker room, and had a formal apology, and later on when they faced off again and they had the same umpire, he went and gave him a big hug, so it was just, it was cool to see that. Yeah, I definitely think that there's something about addressing it right away, um, that it doesn't reverse what happened, it doesn't undo the past, but I know that my stomach hurts a lot less (laughs) (laughs) the faster that I apologize, Uh. because also with that time, it's possible that people are going and retelling the story to their trusted advisors and possibly saying, yeah, you should be mad, or, you know, yeah. That story gets told, like, um, telephone, right? It gets told in so many variations. And then people are putting their emotions on that person that weren't even there in the first place. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it festers or you sit with yourself and you justify why it happened. And while your heart might have been in the right place, you need to go talk to the person it happened with. So, yeah, they talk about a couple of of examples where, um, you know, Big people in sports or in business made mistakes and they had a choice, right? We're all going to make mistakes Mm -hmm. to either address it and be forthcoming or to deny and excuse, make excuses. And sure enough, the people, the audience knows an apology is owed. And the ones that aren't taking that course of action, man, they just got burned at the stake. But everybody else that apologized quickly saw forgiveness quicker. Yeah, and you've got to remember that even though you're addressing your faults quickly, it's not up to you for them to forgive you or whatever they're going to do on their end. Your job is to admit your fault quickly. Uh, That doesn't mean like rush through your words or whatever where you misspeak, but be genuine about it and don't let it fester. I think festering is the issue on either end of this. So I have this line from the chapter. It says, people rarely hold on to anger and disappointment when they can see that we view ourselves and the situation properly. Now, properly could look a lot of different ways. (laughs) But, you know, there's this common underlying theme, which is good to have, again, that wise counsel to help you see that situation from all perspectives. But then it goes on to say, we are much more forgiving of those who are willing to come clean right away. And I, I think it's because, like we've said a few times, there's not that time of festering that way when the apology comes a week later and accepting the apology there's not those afterthoughts of well I'm glad you finally apologized but what took you a week and now it's kind of like again the gardening example the roots have Mm -hmm. already spread in all sorts of directions right oh and that just uh, it helps mitigate like the rumor mill or anything like that too especially if what you did or said is not at all what you meant so if you can clear the air quicker That's great. Yeah. 
And then it talks about two people that finally apologize, or even if you apologize immediately, some people bluntly wanting their life back or saying, yeah, yeah. can't we get back to the way things used to be? Well, that sure isn't going to help you cause any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things are going to be a little bit different. You can work to build up that trust, but it's going to be a process. And, you know, when we sin, there's consequences for our actions, but ultimately, long-term goal, we have the grace of God, and that's what gives us hope every day. Uh, but we can't say, sorry, now can we just be friends again? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Sometimes healthy boundaries need to be put in place after that. Um, I've got a couple of quotes here. When we recognize and admit our errors, the response from others is typically forgiveness and generosity, like you mentioned. And then, and we gain people's respect because it takes courage to admit our faults publicly. That's the hard part. And that's where humility comes into play. I've seen time and time again, whether it's professionals that I know or I've experienced this or you see it on TV, they don't publicly come forward or to their congregation or their, like if they're a principal, to their staff or however you want to say that. You see it when people don't come forward and then that just... There's always going to be the disgruntled whoever. Hopefully that you're not that guy. But sometimes there's always going to be that guy. And they're going to just be grumpy and not be productive for your team anyway. So the sooner you can come forward, you can clear the air. And also you can have open the environment to where they feel comfortable talking to you about it. Yeah, I've found when I'm um, quick and honest to apologizing that if I felt someone else played a role, if I apologize first, a lot of times they'll also admit where they could have helped or done something different and go maybe as far as apologizing for any role they had as well. So I I can see some people being like, well, I'll apologize when they apologize. Mm. I get it, Toxic. but why don't, you, why don't you lead by example because the fact of the matter is they may never uh, apologize. I like this part too. Um, it says, isn't it better to beat the other person to the punch? Meaning, well, this is how I took it, right? So, <laughs> Sucker punch. Is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> well, the fact that like some people, they don't want to put their necks out or chase their dreams or take those big risks because they're worried about what other people will say mm -hmm. or if they'll fail miserably. Well, here's, here's the... Spoiler alert, <laughs> you're going to fail at some point in some amount of way because no one is perfect, but you rob other people of that power over you by beating them to the punch. As soon as you mess up ad addressing it, then what are they going to say to you? Mm -hmm. What are they going to throw at you or put in the comments? And I like Eminem, 8 Mile. It's a great story. I love any story that's like a comeback story. He's got a lot of angry music, a lot of other things, but... The idea of the comeback kid, that's what I like about his story. But in the movie 8 Mile, he talks about he's going to this rap battle, and one of the guys in his group is like, man, what are you going to say to them? And he's like, what? And he, they're like, you know he's going to say this, this, and this, all the bad stuff about Eminem. And he, it dawns on him. When I take my turn, if I make fun of myself, but then point out everything that's wrong with him... He's not going to have any other things to say. And yeah. so that's exactly exactly what happens. He robs the his competitor of that power over him. And he isn't as nervous because he took it upon himself to say, yeah, I'm this and that and this and that. But now I'm this. 
And look at you. Now, I'm not saying you should go attack your (laughs) opponent, but you kind of take the power away from others and the power away from that fear of what others will think or not being perfect. When you have the mindset of, I'm going to try really hard not to mess up, but when I do, here's my plan of action. I'm going to accept responsibility right away before the critics can, you know, point it out to me. Mm -hmm. You and Morgan shared the affinity for Eminem. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I do like how... Whenever you do come forward, whether what big or small, you are establishing trust as in, wow, I know that when Farron messes up, she's self-aware. She's going to recognize that she is, and she's going to come forward and say, you know, I messed up here. And I know that if she doesn't do that, then she either doesn't realize something happened or uh, she didn't make a mistake. <laughs> she's going to admit when she does. So it builds the trust up there as well. So if you're a boss or a leader in some way, the more you can come forward like, look, guys, I know uh, that this is my weakness and I know I've messed up and I apologize for that. I am working on it. Here's what I'm doing. If a boss said that to me, I'd be like, oh, cool. You're being proactive and you recognize what's going on. It communicates a lot of, or I don't know if communicates, but I'm more willing to respect someone that does that. And that's also when people accept responsibility for their actions. While I might be disappointed in what had happened, you gain my respect by accepting that responsibility. And so we have a kid in our household that anytime we're pointing out you did something wrong, they're quick for an excuse. Blaming, going as far as blaming us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me, what? I didn't help you clean your room? (laughs) Lord, it is. It's rough. And so I phrase different things as double trouble to my kids. Like, first, I'm disappointed because of what you did, but now I'm very upset because you're not taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. If you would take responsibility, I might only be a little disappointed for a short amount of time about what you did, but I'm going to forget it. But here we are arguing about it 15 minutes later. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you would just taken responsibility from the get-go... We'd be moved on. I'd forget this by tomorrow, but tomorrow I'm going to wake up and sadly think of, (laughs) God, please give me patience with this child. Got a quote. The same perspective exists for all of us if we're brave enough to own it. Any fool can defend a mistake, and most fools do, but admitting your mistake raises you above the pack and gives you a feeling of exaltation. That doesn't mean exalt yourself, but as in, you're not going to be a fool who's going to dig your heels in. Like, no, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Uh, uh, We have proof that it was you. Uh, We don't have to go there if you just kind of like step up and own it. And again, I think community, we talk about that a lot on the show. And not to spread gossip or convince people that you're right. But if you have some people you can confide in because you really feel like you're right. And this other person, they're not budging either. Mm -hmm. You might need someone to say, man, that maybe you shouldn't have done that. Maybe you should have handled that differently. Or even talk to you to the point of, does this really matter that much to you? Yeah. No. Well, an apology would really matter to this other person. Is your relationship worth, you know, this... Your stubbornness. (laughs) Yeah, this tug of war that you guys are in. Yeah. Um, Yes, chapter four. Begin in a friendly way. This is a a good one. (laughs) uh, I've got an example, a recent example. There was some confusion about which soccer team practices on which soccer field again it's you four so serious stuff (laughs) it's laughable but you know some people they just want to 
uh, respond, however. So I had just read this chapter and was like, you know what? Begin in a friendly way. So I went up. I was just so nice to this coach. I was like, uh, you know, I think I might have it wrong. Can you help me figure out what field we're supposed to be on? So we pulled up the maps and we looked together. And it still said we were on that one field. And she's like, I don't think y'all are on this field. I was like, oh, man, then where are we? <laughs> and so luckily... The commissioner was working was working out on the field next to us, so I just brought him the phone. I said, hey, since you're in this role, can you just tell us where to practice tonight? And so he said, we're here, you're there, they're there, and this other team's over there. I said, great, I'll go tell that person. So then I went back over, talked to that person, and she ended up being super nice, but other parents had told me she was not a nice lady. She's going to like walk onto your field and start practicing with her kids on your field while you're practicing. And I started to see that in the beginning. So that's why I went over there. I was like, Hey, so sorry to abandon you at practice fair. And had to, Oh no. I had to begin in a friendly way. <laughs> you know, me and my nineness, I was glad that was uh, you facing that situation <laughs> and not me. And yes, nice tact there. But essentially what you did and what this chapter is about is that Friendliness begets friendliness. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. I have this other phrase that you can't rationalize with irrational people. Yep. So recently I had a player that was trying to play a different position. We had some people out. She fell apart. There was no rationalizing in that irrational situation Mm -hmm. Because uh, it had just escalated before you could de-escalate it. It just had to run its course. Like a tornado. <laughs> Not her. But I just think in situations in general, you may have, like, your kid throwing out a tantrum in the grocery store. To some degree, you got to let them, like, cry it out, look at them, you done. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, all right, you got to punishment when we get home, you all know? Right, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes my emotions take over my body. But, yeah, so it... For the most part, it's the start, right? You can't see this escalation, and you can try to de-escalate it, but it's a lot harder Mm -hmm. if you start out friendly and try to keep that tone. The chances are better. Well, and if you begin in the friendly tone, it's a lot easier for someone else to empathize with you and see your side and you see their side. So presenting it as, I'm not sure, can you help me? Now I'm asking this person for help. I'm saying that I'm not really sure, and I'm letting them know that I think they're wise enough to figure this out for the both of us. When you ask that, I then have to ask myself, she's saying she's not sure. Am I sure? Yeah. Because if you say, I know, then my first thought is like, well, this is what I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's that whole mirroring, right? Like if you notice people that are in a similar conversation will take on similar stances or, you know. If you respect somebody subconsciously, you take on their body posture and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Start with friendliness because people often defensively, right? They're going to match what you bring, what you bring with them. Yeah. And it's not, if you've ever had a conversation with a defensive person, you're just (laughs) trying to either better a situation or ask a question. But if they're already starting out on the defensive, it's going to be very hard to get them out of that emotion as opposed to starting with, oh, it's Farron. I can talk to Farron about anything. We're friends. Then there you go. And here's a little tip that Brooke also did. And again, it's not to be deceitful. The goal is to have a productive conversation in a adult, respectful way. But starting with a question and not, what were you thinking? Yeah. 
But a lot of times if I see my kids at the toddler phase doing something, I, I try to pose a question. I'm trying to think of an example. But the question is usually along the lines of, what is it that you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a way that will help you get there. But the, if I say, if I come up and I tell them, stop doing that, well, they're not going to stop because they're on a mission to accomplish something. But if I can stop them and say, what are you trying to accomplish? And they explain it to me. All of a sudden, they're kind of looking at what they're doing, and they're like, I'm trying to do this, but it's not working. Well, now they're receptive to hear what I have to say. But if I just come mm-hmm. out the gate saying, stop doing that, um, like things we've already talked about, I'm not invested in their interest, but by asking what is it that you're trying to do, in toddler words, right? Right. I'm invested in what they want. They're doing some self-discovery. Hey, I'm not getting there. Oh, maybe mom has something that will help me accomplish mm-hmm. this. And that's when you can ask the golden question. Do you want to hear what some yes. other people have tried? Yes. <laughs> I have some ideas. Do you want to hear them? Exactly. And then it's more of you going alongside with them instead of either telling them what to do or them trying to independently figure it out and either hurt themselves or others. I, I've just had the visual of my kids climbing onto the counter to get a plate instead of, I mean, if you can climb it, cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll be your spotter. Like, is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Or you could rip them off the counter and now they're screaming because they were halfway there. Yeah. And you might have startled them too. Yeah. And they wanted to do it. Yeah. And, and you want them you to. You do want them. <laughs> You want them to be independent. If that means climbing on the counter for a couple of years. <laughs> or they'll get innovative. They'll start pulling chairs over. I'm like, look at y'all. Problem solving. Mm-hmm. Teamwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this quote by Abraham Lincoln. It says, I do not like that man. I must get to know him better. Yes. Oh, that's a hard one. Because everyone has redeeming qualities. And obviously, we're all sinners. So, to some degree, we are all not good at several pockets of life. (laughs) So, I like that approach. I do that with behaviors, especially when I was in the classroom. This is driving me nuts. I've asked them to stop. Mm -hmm. I know they're aware of the rules. I must not know enough about what's happening behind that behavior Mm -hmm. because if I just treat the surface level again with gardening you gotta get you gotta pull the roots if you just pluck the top it's coming back address symptoms no address the root of the problem (laughs) I hope there's gardening imagery in our social media posts this week sure okay I can do that for you (laughs) remember this this is my reminder Brooke when you do this Uh, I, I like that point, and it just says it right here, discussion of the real issues and empathy towards whatever. It's going to validate their feelings, your feelings, and get y'all on the right track of problem solving or whatever. Because typically, when you have to begin in a friendly way, there's probably a conflict that needs to be addressed <laughs> somehow. Right, back to if it's important to them, you got to find a way to make it important to you. Mm-hmm. I love when you talk about like the... Uh, fifth grade romance when that relationship ends and their Mm -hmm. world is ending but like that might be the biggest thing they've experienced in life so far bless it yeah um but you want to use that instance as being there for them Mm -hmm. because then when real big stuff happens they're recalling on the other big stuff that happened before yeah gotta train them and then that also fair and good point because we talk about this in cg a lot that's our community group. That's what we call it. Home group, life group, whatever. We're cool, so we call it a CG. CG. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, how we talk about reflecting on the things that God has done in the past or how he's come through for you. So if, you're, if you are actively doing that, remember 
Why do we have rainbows? Because God did this, this, this. Why did this? Because this, this, this. And if you can tie things back and find a trail, that's a skill you're teaching to them later. What do I do in this situation? Oh, okay, what have I done before? I know who has helped me through that. I can go seek them out again. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to play the long game. And it says right here, there's a big difference between engagement and interest. Mm-hmm. So you might say, I was there for you. Yeah, you engaged. You were physically there. But you didn't show a lot of interest. And this could happen, I think, like between couples, right? Yeah. <laughs> I sat and watched the football game with you. Do I not get points for that? And it's like, well, you were there, but you weren't really interested. Yeah, back to that quality time, sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, um, I have this quote. It takes creativity and a bit more time to replicate the effect of a warm smile and a firm handshake, but it can all be done. So even if you're having to backtrack, like, ugh. I didn't approach this conversation really well. Hey, guess what? The previous chapter was admit faults quickly, right? So, you, hey, you know, we started off on the wrong foot. That's my fault. I apologize. And let's go from here. Mm-hmm. So it's not too late. I mean, there is damage. You have to, there's collateral damage. You got to take that. You got to find a way to make that up. But then you can still move forward in a friendly way. I think some people might be listening or they know someone like this. That's like a bull in the china shop. And I don't mean like a cereal bull. I mean like the animal bull. (laughs) Did you know I really thought like a bull in a china shop? Like china. Bull. Like bull. Like that. I don't get it. Yeah. There's probably bowls and there's probably platters and there's probably serving dishes. Like, yeah. Animal bull. Anyways. That was long, long, long time ago. Anywho. There are some people that are really aggressive and they'll stick to that and say, well, that's, that works for me. Or, you know, look, it worked. I don't need to be nice. But I think you also have to look at the ripple effect. And, you know, some people pride themselves on having that reputation. But I'm guessing there's some negative side effects to that. You're going to have a lot of turnover. <laughs> you might. I, I have seen so many great coaches, but their turnover rate is insane because of how they treat their staff. And I've seen it the other way, too. I've seen really great coaches who their team stays with them forever. Because of how they're treating their staff. So, careful on that one. And they both win championships. Yeah. But... That's true. What kind of legacy, I guess, are you leaving? What's associated with your name besides sports accomplishments? And how is that pointing back to God? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tough questions. And I know that I've been... I've done that my first couple years coaching. And I was... Like, young and dumb, kind (laughs) of. And then later you realize... I need to have these relationships with these other coaches instead of just, I'm going to win or blah, 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 blah. So. And you can still be firm and mm-hmm. stern and have high expectations. Sure. And hold your players and staff accountable. That also mean, doesn't mean be a jerk. So. Right. And that is where <laughs> the journey takes you. <laughs> Somewhere between those two places. Uh, yes, it all comes back to how... Is every conversation pointing back to God in some way? And I know that's really macro, but on the micro level, okay, fruit of the Spirit. I'm, I'm being kind. I'm being patient with this person. We both know we might be on the wrong soccer fields, or she might be right, and I might be wrong, and who the heck knows? But guess what? These four-year-olds are going to practice. It's going to be all right. And now I, um, she and I are fine. We've ne- we have never had an issue, and now I can. we have this joke of like, are you on the right field? Yeah. No? Yes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to pull up the map again. 
And that could have gone in such a, a wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either of you lost any type of status, right? Because no. I think the flip side is, oh, well, if I'm friendly, people are going to see me as weak. No. I'm sure people still see her as strong-willed, um, and they might even be impressed by how that whole thing went. Mm-hmm. So it's a drop in the bucket for well, her. I had a parent come up and ask me how that went. Yeah. I said, oh, it was fine. She was like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. We're cool. She got to feel it. I got to feel it. We're both happy. These four-year-olds have no idea what's happening. Nope. They sure <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just how uh, everything is relationships because that's what we're built on. That's and, how we interact. And I'm feeling this theme of beginning with the end in mind. Oh, quote yeah. Paul Burns. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Soccer coach. There are so many things I say that I want you guys to know are not my quotes. It's, I well, it's like, what is it? What's his name quoting? Um, Wayne Gretzky from The Office. Oh. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't take. <laughs> I could, don't get me started on office quotes because then it just won't stop. Oh my lord! All right, guys. So there it is. Win friends by beginning with friendliness. Also, yeah. not my quote from the book. Last line per use. <laughs> Tune in next week. Bye. We're really good at segues. and sound effects right yes so that's the end of our episode but if you find yourself wanting more and who could blame you Brooke (laughs) tell them where they can find us Monday through Friday we have a lovely website it's wittyandgritty.blog you can go there it has every mini series ever we've done what about the socials Farron yes we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily but we do also have um, a Pinterest account so be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform yeah oh also fun fact we release episodes every Wednesday so you can count on us be sure to subscribe that way you don't have to go and find it every week yeah it'll just automatically do the magic m- computery thingy thank you technology go thank you. technologies and uh, instagrams yes all right we'll catch you next week guys bye